This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. It's been well over a year now that the Ukraine conflict with Russia has broken out into an all-out war. And I've been asking the same question since the beginning. Where are the cries for peace? Why aren't we here? Why don't you hear the phrase, peace for Ukraine? No peace. Nobody's calling for peace. It's I stand with Ukraine. It's an interesting difference when you think about that. And what I'm saying to you is that the world is at war spread everywhere, conflict everywhere. Don't take my word for it. Just look at the amount of money now being spent on nuclear weapons compared to just a few years ago. Worldwide, it's gone up something like 50%. We've got energy needs, homeless problems, migration problems, water problems around the world, unrest, and people are building nuclear bombs. Think about it. And as much as the world is getting more and more chaotic, where's the American military in all this? Where's the leadership? Well, you probably already know about this story uh, that Representative Matt Gates actually forced the issue of stopping drag shows being funded on military bases. It's absolutely uh, unbelievable when you think about it. It happens to be the, uh, uh, what is it, Lewis McCord, Joint Base Lewis McCord, I believe, is where this drag show is to take place which is where my son is stationed. And I can assure you uh, that he has no interest in watching any drag shows, never seen any indication that he has. Probably think it was weird, strange, wouldn't want to be around it, I would imagine. I would imagine, as a matter of fact, if you were the, to poll the guys in that, that special operations unit, you know what you'd find? Not one of them was interested in seeing that show. So who is going? Who's going to the drag show? That's what I want to know. How much trouble could that possibly create within our ranks? A guy goes to a drag show, an officer, a staff NCO, and maybe some lowly white nationalist NCO sees that and decides to poke fun. Maybe he's got a problem with it. Look, you can like it, not like it, agree with whatever side you want, but the result is mayhem. A complete breakdown of our military on some level. If you think that that some 19-year-old who is so full of faith and purpose that he's willing to lay down his life, is going to do it for some dude with rainbow hair, I'm going to say, not likely. Not likely. Rand published a study, said that no evidence military veterans lean towards extremism. Wait a minute. They, they, they shut the whole military down. Miley, Remember? We must read out, read, read out this white nationalism. It's all been politicized. It's all BS. It's all lies. In the meantime, here's a whole report from the Associated Press. Not some right-wing nutjob news outlet. Good old left-leaning Associated Press saying what? Unprepared for a long war, the Army needs to make more ammo. Why? Guns are bad. I don't even know how you could you could get young people today to work in, in such in these weapons of war and participate in that. Isn't everybody a pacifist today? How we, I mean, in, in today's culture of woke, anti-gun, I don't even know what this term woke means. I don't want to use it. It doesn't matter to me. I don't need to jump on that bandwagon. But in today's culture of guns bad, 
How could you even participate in that? Well, because I stand with Ukraine. Wasn't there a bit of a dichotomy there? But you're not going to ever get the people that are participating in these shenanigans to ever even have that kind of conversation, let alone think that way. U.S. heavily meddling as if Russia isn't supposed to know. And this is the other part of this conflict. Who does America think they're fooling? What, that they don't know that Ukrainians are using American-supplied drones and European-supplied tanks and American-supplied tanks? U.S. convinced Ukraine to hold off carrying out an anniversary attack on Russia. Well, I can tell you that that had absolutely nothing to do with any kind of consideration for Russia. It would have been based purely on some political motives on the American side. Why, we'll never know. Because that's what somebody wanted. But Russia knows what's going on politically. They've announced it to the world. They've told the world, look at this, the Americans with their almighty dollar are going to take away every liberty and freedom that you thought you had. Just look at how the Americans are suffering. And guess what? Whether you want to believe it or not, the rest of the world is. Brazil, Saudi Arabia now, India, China, all saying we don't trust the dollar, we don't trust the United States. And how can you possibly defend that? How could you? The other question that that is really getting skimmed over in all this that people are taking rather lightly, maybe people should go back and watch that great movie from the 80s, Red Dawn, remember that? You think, oh, that could never happen. The Russians are completely inept. Look at them bumbling around in Ukraine. They haven't put any of their regular forces in this this, uh, deployment yet. And I think I understand the whole strategy now. They would rather just operate it like a terrorist operation, really. They're responding to a terrorist operation, really. And I think it's the Ukrainians that are bumbling around. I think it's all backwards, I really do. Is there a threat from Russia? You ought to take a look at this video footage from the Tsar bomb, original uh, video footage. 1961 detonated a 50 megaton bomb. I believe they have 100 megaton bombs now, maybe even more powerful. Some of the, uh, let me, and, and listen, I don't know what the current status of Russia's arms are. I want to share a little bit of this with you. Get some interesting information on what's going on about this. This is the Tsar Bomba, the Russian Tsar Bomba, the most powerful nuclear weapon detonation in the history of mankind. October 30th, 1961, they fired this thing on a testing range two miles above the ground, 10,000 feet. The original yield was estimated at 57 megatons. The Russians say it was 50 megatons. Incredible, really. What was the result of this bomb testing? Well, the fireball, seen and felt 600 miles away. The heat from the explosion could have caused third-degree burns 62 miles away. The mushroom cloud was 40 miles high, seven times higher than Mount Everest. That's incredible. How much uh, nuclear material was uh, spread around the world from this thing, really, when you think about it? What would be the effects of this kind of a bomb? All buildings 34 miles from ground zero destroyed. Explosion could be seen and felt in Finland, broke windows in Sweden. Districts over 100 miles away from ground zero, wooden houses were destroyed. Stone houses lost their roofs, windows, and doors. Radio communications interrupted for over an hour. 
One participant in the test saw a bright flash through dark goggles and felt the effects of a thermal pulse even at a distance of 170 miles. There was an observation of a shockwave 430 miles away. Do you have any idea how far this is? 600 miles. um, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, what's 600 miles? Probably about Charlotte, North Carolina. I mean, certainly Richmond. Is, Richmond's closer than 600 miles. Richmond's not 600 miles. It's got to be more like Charlotte, I'm guessing, somewhere in that range. Somewhere between Richmond and Charlotte. I don't know. I could look it up. So you think about a bomb hitting uh, Philadelphia and then 600 miles going north. Man, I'm going to be up past Albany, I think. Well up past Albany. You understand that? The magnitude of that? Holy cow. So, do we really want to be messing with this? These people that are talking tough? And by the way, it's on both sides. Russia must end illusions about West. This is from a Russian senator, female. Let me say, Valentina Machevenko. I'm probably not saying that right, but it sounded pretty good, right? She said it. Russia must end illusions about the West. <laughs> that was my best Russian accent. Well, not everybody over there is looking for peace either, as it turns out. Interesting, right? Now, all this hasn't been problem-free. It's not like Russia's had its march to Kiev uninterrupted. We know that. They've got this Wagner mercenary running things. This guy's unbelievable, isn't he? He's like, uh, I, don't know what you, I don't know what you'd compare it to. They ought to be making movies about this guy. Uh, but he gets away with certain criticisms, and he's saying now that, uh, that Russia needs to get serious about this war. But see, he's thinking something different. He's thinking purely militarily. And I think Putin and Russia are more of a long-term strategic plan that they probably have worked out with, with China. I'm sure they do. Now, what about this whole Nazi problem in Ukraine? Have you heard anything about that? that the, the, um, Russia's claims is that, that these, um, this Nazification of Ukraine. And so I went to the trusted Wikipedia and I looked into this Azov Brigade. Um, and what they're saying about it here in Wikipedia, background and following, said it was disbanded. Uh, on February 2014, a far-right political activist, founder and leader of the ultranationalist organization Patriot of Ukraine and the Related Social National Assembly, who had been previously arrested in 2011, accused of robbery and assault. Although his case never reached the courts, was released from prison after the new government considered himself a political prisoner from the former government. Wow, right? This is a little crazy to say the least. And so the story is that when he was released, he formed what is called this Azov Battalion, known as the Black Corps. And um, that they had these different missions involved in these different battles. And... uh, during the Russian invasion of Ukraine. This has all been brought to light. And and, um, basically, the way the story wraps up, according to Wikipedia, is that the Azov Battalion was wiped out uh, when the Russians won the battle. Azov, maybe? Forget the... uh, No, Mariupol, right? It was at the power plant there. And they captured all these guys. And so now Wikipedia, Ukraine, and the world, oh, it's it's gone. There's the influence of Nazism. Is that really the case? It's not really uh, congruent with uh, Congress's own report, if you can imagine that. 
Um, in Ukraine, the aforementioned, this is, this is from our own Congress, the aforementioned Azov Battalion was actively recruited foreign fighters motivated by white supremacy and neo-Nazi beliefs, including many from the West, to join its ranks and receive training indoctrinations and insurrection and irregular instruction in irregular warfare. The group has cultivated uh, relationships with other divisions, as well as U.S.-based militants from the Rise Above Movement, or RAM, which the FBI has labeled a white supremacy extremist group based in Southern California. The Azov Battalion also maintains a political wing, ideological education, and ties to a growing vigilante street movement, which can be counted on for violence, intimidation, and coercion. Really? Such as what? Infiltrating uh, otherwise peaceful protests? On the other side of the conflict in Ukraine, Russian groups like the Russian Imperial Movement and its parliamentary unit, the Imperial Legion Volunteer Unit, also attract and train foreign fighters motivated by white supremacy and neo-Nazi beliefs. Just as jihadists have used conflicts in Afghanistan, Chechnya, and the Balkans, Iraq, Syria to swap tactics, techniques, and procedures and solidify transnational networks, so too are WSEs. What was that WSE? I'm not sure. Using Ukraine as a hub or battlefield laboratory, where an estimated 17,000 people from over 50 countries have traveled to participate in the ongoing conflict. So what is really going on with this? That report that I just gave you is from our own congressional report, our own intelligence. I'm not saying necessarily all of a sudden, oh, I believe it. it must be true, it must be factual. But what's really going on? That remains the question. And I say, no, that's all, but that's all wiped out. It's all done. There's no Nazis in Ukraine. This isn't, it's just more Russian misinformation. That's what they want you to believe. But here you have this congressional report, presumably from our own intelligence, completely refuting that, talking about ties to groups here in this country, talking about weapons proliferation. Could it be the goal? Hmm? Could it be the goal to fund these white nationalist groups through the, through the government while they attempt to say that they're doing just the opposite? Think about that. It's a crazy thought, really, when you think about it. But even crazier is this idea that these Nazis in Ukraine – are infecting places here as well. Now we're giving all this money and weapons that nobody can seem to account for. I'd say it's a bit of a problem. And believe it or not, it, it, uh, remember I was saying to you the other day, I was speaking to some guys in the um, at, um, uh, Department of Homeland Security and um, uh, DHS, uh, and they were they were telling me that this concern about this uh, white nationalists, these homegrown, could these be plants that have been piped in? There's, you know, everybody's worried about the, the southern border. What, what about uh, Ukrainians, Russians that are already here? Nobody knows their background. Nobody knows what they're here to do. Could they be here to, to usher in the, the new dawn of, of fascism and Nazism, and they're playing this little game that nobody realizes is causing trouble? They already said in that report they gotten involved politically. Like who? George Soros? I don't know. It's crazy when you think about it. It really is all of it unsettling to say the least. If you ask me my thoughts on all this, I would tell you, frankly, I do not know. You know, I wonder to myself, maybe there are Nazis in, in Ukraine. Uh, what does that mean? I don't know. There's probably Nazis everywhere. I don't I see all this rise of Nazism. I don't get it because I don't, I go, I always say this, I go back to this. I go back to what I see firsthand. 
I know people who are racist. I know, uh, for whatever reason, people are comfortable being honest with me, at least privately. I know um, quite a few uh, black men who are very anti-gay. Uh, I know people who are um, uh, anti-Semitic. Um, I know people who don't think very highly of women. Um, all these things. By and large, <clears throat> most of the people that I know believe in treating people well. But regardless, outside of all that, I don't know anybody who said to me, hey, have you looked into this Nazi thing? Because I really think it's so – nobody. Not, not any, nobody's even reported to me anybody that they knew. Maybe somebody listening will change that for me. They tried to say that well, it's in the military. No evidence of that either. So what's really going on? Is it a false boogeyman? Could be. Just something to keep somebody's eye off the ball. Maybe Russia's doing it. Maybe Ukraine's using it as an excuse. I don't know. It's their label – for this uh, hostile uh, regime in Ukraine that, that uh, Russia thinks they're going to straighten out. Um, uh, this is from The Guardian, by the way, which is a, a really interesting write-up. With The Guardian being a left-leading, uh, left-leaning magazine, uh, blog rather, saying that um, it's the United States dragging us towards war with Russia. This is back in 2014. Let me pull this up a second. In 2014, so who would have been president? Why do we tolerate the threat of another world war in our name? Why do we allow lies? This is from a left, a liberal magazine. This is back when liberals were anti-war, until Uncle Joe took over and said, I stand with Ukraine. The scale of our indoctrination is brilliant, even witty. Highly successful act of hypnosis as if the truth never happened, even while it was happening. Every year, the American historian... Um, William Blum publishes updated summary of the record of U.S. foreign policy, which shows that since 1945, the United States has tried to overthrow more than 50 governments, many of them democratically elected, grossly interfered in the elections in 30 countries, bombed the civilian populations of 30 countries, and used chemical and biological weapons and attempted to assassinate foreign leaders. In many cases, Britain has been a collaborator. I could go on and on about this. You can read it for yourself. That is from 2014. About 2018, I came online with the podcast. Concerned. I said, we better be careful. We're going to wake up to a country we no longer recognize. I believe I was right in that prediction. Who has it? Who has it been that has initiated this war? Laboratories everywhere. Kajikistan Biological Laboratory. Why does the uh, uh, Pentagon need it? Uh, How the Putin's regime's baseless claims about Ukraine biolabs have uh, um, attracted uh, radicals. Russia's uh, nuclear Poseidon Part 3. Let me turn you to this a second. This is a really in-depth article. And you could read it through yourself. Let me just give you a couple facts. It's staggering what's been going on. In 1991, the United States launches the Nunn-Luger program for the former Soviet countries to control and eliminate Soviet weapons of mass destruction, including bioweapons. The Pentagon's Defense Threat Reduction Agency was named as the program's main executor. Now, this was very wise of the American government at the time, because as I shared with you, 
the the United uh, the, the Russia had a huge nuclear arsenal that was far more powerful than ours. Um, they they didn't abide by rules. They had the most advanced chemical biological program going on. Putin had spent a fortune on this, and so the United States, you know, wanted to uh, put a lid on that, so to speak. Well, that being the case. How much centralized power is now in the United States, with the problem only having changed hands? In 1993, the Ukraine-U.S. Agreement on the Prevention of Proliferation of Weapons of Mass Destruction was signed, and I talked to you about this. I talked to you about it last time I talked about the biolabs, because I said there's people out there making this, there's no biolabs. Oh, yes, there were. Now, what were they being used for? What was it? No, they were just doing animal testing, peaceful purposes. Oh, that's true. Anthrax is naturally occurring. 2005, an additional protocol was assigned to the agreement between the Ukrainian Health Ministry and the DTRA on the prevention of the proliferation of technologies, pathogens, and those that can be used to develop bioweapons. And this is the start of the transfer of the Ukrainian military biological potential to U.S. hands, and that was 2005. 2000s were a period of large U.S. military industrial companies engaged in military biological activity in Ukraine. This occurred from uh, 2005 to 2014. Uh, All different types of of projects going on instead of eliminating uh, Ukraine's military biological infrastructure as was originally claimed. They were expanding it. In 2007, the United States Department of Defense employee Nathan Wolf found a Global Viral Forecasting Institute, subsequently Global Viral Biomedical Company. The mission stated in the charter is non-commercial study of trans-border infections, including in China. In 2009, Rosemont Seneca Partners is established by the former United States Secretary of State John Kerry's stepson, Kristen Hines, and incumbent U.S. President Joe Biden's son, Joe Biden. All right? 2009, uh, Hunter Biden, rather. 2009, Hunter Biden and Kerry's stepson set up Rosemont Seneca Partners. In 2014, there's an anti-constitutional coup d'etat in Ukraine. And this is the beginning of the Azov Battalion. The information that I'm relaying to you right now is not linked in any way to the Guardian report or the other information I shared with you about the Azov Battalion. The earlier information I gave you about the Azov Battalion came from Wikipedia um, and an independent report. What was it from? That's not right. Hold on a second. It came from a a congressional report. The earlier information I gave you on uh, Ukraine, the the, the, uh, Nazi problem and the Azov Battalion came from Wikipedia and a congressional report, okay? This is now uh, privately uh, uh, developed information, uh, looks like coming out of uh, Belize. All right, I'm not sure if the author is. Um, I believe so. International news. The only way to get anything reliable anymore. All right, I'm just letting you know this is coming from multiple sources, so it's not like I'm regurgitating to you CNN or MSNBC. This isn't rhetoric. This is facts about what the heck is going on. I'm going to tell you the day may come that you might appreciate knowing that some a bomb 600 miles away burned the siding off your house. 
2014, the same year of the unconstitutional coup d'etat in Ukraine, Hunter Biden joins the board of director of Burisma Holdings. In 2014, a company, Meta Beata, a private commercial organization specializing in the study of pandemic risks, is detached from Global Viral. They split it off. All right. Um, Then uh, employees of Hunter Biden's company and also Rosemont uh, Seneca, uh, from his company, Rosemont Seneca Partners, are appointed to the board of Meta Biota. Global Viral and Meta Biota begin to uh, get funding from the United States Department of Defense in 2014. Listen to me. DOD money since 2014 going into a company in Ukraine that uh, Hunter Biden was involved with. They know all this. I'm not going to go on any further. You can put it together yourself with what's going on here. You tell me who the aggressors are. How do we continue with this in good faith? More stories about the biolabs from USA Today, every publication you can imagine, clearly documented. They just spin the story to make it confusing when it's really not. It's exactly what that article from Belize just said. And I said the same thing. All else aside, wait a minute. If you're stopping the proliferation, why aren't these things dismantled? Well, no, there was important peaceful research. Oh, you needed all these labs going? Come on. Who's really believing that? Let me give you my little summary here. I said to you, the question we were trying to answer is, how's this going? Is Russia winning? Is Russia losing? Well, only time is going to tell. And who knows what that even means, really? Right? If Russia were to just stop, establish at the border and defend it, and you had you know, pot shots going back for eternity like North Korea, South Korea, <clears throat> um, is that a win or not? I don't know. Uh, as it stands right now, all of the territory that's been gained has been gained by Russia. Ukraine hasn't gained any territory. Isn't it funny how they say that? You know, Ukraine to take back occupied territory. No, it's, it's, they've lost it to Russia. They're not going to get it back. If they couldn't hold it then, what makes you think they're going to get it back now that the region's been completely militarized and then they're prepared to defend it because they got a couple of tanks from from, from Germany or whatever? You know, they get, they get like eight tanks and like, oh, this is going to change the war with Russia. Who are you kidding? They have a 50 megaton nuclear bomb. They've got uh, uh, hypersonic missiles. What a joke. Let me give you my summary. Number one, it seems that Russia's in it for the long game. I don't know. It could be they're completely incompetent. It could be both. Uh, it definitely seems to be a massive sabotage and terror component. Um Hard to believe that we wouldn't be touched from that. You think that you're going to blow up Russia's pipeline? They know we're involved in that. You think? We're, I mean, we're supplying Ukraine with everything else, intelligence and this and that. And, oh, no, it was Ukraine. Or, or they're, they're like saying it was like independent, like rogue actors. Or, oh, we had nothing to do with that. Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. And everybody knows it. We're not fooling anybody. So you could believe that. You could not. But I believe the Russians would probably look at it like that. Who's to say that they wouldn't maybe, I don't know. Drive a truck loaded. What, what, what did the great uh, Governor Shapiro here say? Uh, petroleum-based product. No cause of the fire has been determined. Yeah. In other words, uh, it's got red flags written all over it. Everybody sees this as well. Maybe it wasn't Russia. Maybe we'll never know who it was. Was it an accident? Was it terror? Is there more to come? Um, you know, this one incident on ninety-five there. Huge and destabilizing effect. 
Um, the real risk, and we could talk about this a little bit more when we talk about the economy, is uh, the dollar destabilization, which is already happening. Already happening. It also appears to me that Trump understood the reality of our situa- situation, that he understood the absolute dire importance right now of getting focused, getting our debt situation straightened out, bringing manufacturing home, restoring confidence in ourselves, and battening down the hatches so we can take care of number one, which is ourselves. Or you believe that Trump's a complete nut job and a complete threat to our our so-called democracy, when in reality, Biden and the machine will spend every last dollar until there's nothing. And just remember this. While Uncle Joe was pumping money directly into the hands of Hunter through the DOD, Trump never even took a paycheck. And you could say, oh, look at the dealings the family had with this and that. There's a degree of separation there. In this case, there was none. Let me leave you with this. I always just say, open your eyes, what do you see? And I ask myself, how is this going? I say, if I simply look at the photographs with no words attached— Ukraine is getting beat down badly, many millions of people affected by this, right? Not the least of which this dam that just got taken out. How are things going here? Not well. Our country is just in a, in a spiral of nastiness and dysphoria. How's it going in Russia? Well, I don't know. I don't live there. Maybe it's miserable. Maybe it always has been miserable. But I saw this story. I thought it was interesting. So McDonald's left Russia, and then they had this owner of all these McDonald's over there. So they retooled and came up with their own to use in these restaurants. Well, now they have these Happy Meals, and instead of putting toys in them, they're putting books in them. You tell me, while we argue over genders over here, try to decide who's a boy and who's a girl, their kids are learning important things. You tell me what the impact of that is going to be down the road. I don't know any better than you. I don't have a crystal ball, but it doesn't look good, that's for sure. And I say all this so that you can prepare accordingly. We'll be talking more about that in the days to come. God willing, I'll be back tomorrow. I sure hope to see you there. In the meantime, make it a great day.